Okay, over the past few weeks, friends, we have been looking at prayer, at the different prayers. Prayers that Johnson and Joanne have talked to us about the prayer of examine, the prayer of surrender, prayers of intercession. It's so important that you and I know that we can come before our Father in heaven with our prayers, no matter when and no matter what they're for and no matter what state you and I are in. If we're scared, we can come with our prayers before the Lord. If we're worried, if we're angry, God welcomes us to come to him with our prayers. And certainly when we're grateful, should we go to the Lord. God welcomes you and me to come and talk to him because it's in the presence of God that we find the peace that we need. It's in the presence of God that we find clarity. When uh, you and I go before God, you may or may not realize this, in prayer, we're worshiping. That is an act of worship to our God because we are trusting God with the very things of our hearts, the very closest things. And God will always, always make something good come of our time spent in prayer in his presence. And so today, what I want us to talk about is prayers of gratitude, prayers of thanksgiving. So now it's pretty easy to say prayers of gratitude when we look around and we see all the great things we have in our life. In fact, have we not even dedicated an entire day every year to giving thanks to our God for all the blessings in our life? I don't have to look too far to see the blessings in my life, my family, my home, my job, my church family. You've given us such great opportunities. Two weeks ago, I was reminded of how very blessed I was when I brought my uh, grandchildren to our St. Patty's Day pancake breakfast. And so many people from this church family were there. And many of you met my uh, grandson, Mark, for the first time. And when I tell you, you, you welcomed him so much, he had such a good time that he came back the next day to Sunday school where he sang and was loved on by many of the people he had met the day before. And then after church, as we always do, we went up to the town and country cafe for lunch. And as he walked in the door, he saw many of those familiar faces sitting there eating from both the first and the second service. And I think he was a little confused because he didn't know why Carl Lichtenstein didn't get up and chase him around the restaurant like he had chased him around the Sunday school room. But I looked at that kid and he just had such a little grin on his face as if to say, I have found my people. And I thanked God right then and there for the people of this church and the welcome that they showed to my grandson. But let me ask you this. What about those times in our lives when it doesn't feel like we're being overly blessed? What about those times when we don't feel like God has heard or has answered our prayers? Is it possible for you and me to be thankful then? Can we give thanks to a God who is good even when we don't feel so much? at the moment that God is good. 
You know, as I was preparing for this talk, I asked some of my friends and coworkers, like, tell me about some of the blessings, some of the answered prayers in your life, things that you're grateful for. And they all spouted off some of the same things that I said to you. Certainly some of the same things that came to your mind when I talked about your blessings, your family, your health, your home, uh, th just the beauty of this world that God has placed before us. And those were uh, many of the answers that I got, but I turned to my husband um, last week and I said, um, tell me what prayers has God answered in your life, knowing he was got all the same blessings in his life that I have in my life. And he had a many, many things to spout out. And my husband looked at me and he said, well, my prayer wasn't answered. And my heart sank a little bit because I know that he's blessed in his life. And, and so many things that my husband has prayed for have been given to him. And yet in that moment, his focus was on the one thing that wasn't. And isn't that what we sometimes tend to do? So many good things surround us and we focus on what's wrong instead of what's right. I know that I tend to do that. We focus on what we didn't get instead of what we did. And so I said to my husband, what was your prayer? And he said, I prayed that Andre would get better. Andre is Carl's brother, his closest brother, who died of cancer just before Christmas of last year. And, and in a way, I can understand how he might think it's true that God didn't answer his prayer. Because God didn't answer Carl's prayer in the way that Carl had expected God to answer his prayer in the way that he hoped that he would. But God did answer Carl's prayer, I promise. See, when Carl prayed that particular prayer, he prayed it hoping in his heart that the cancer would be cured and that he would still be able to have his brother and business partner with him, which would have alleviated all of the grieving and the heartbreak and the hardship that Carl was feeling as a result of the loss of his brother. But that's not what happened. And so the question becomes, how am I supposed to be thankful to God when it doesn't feel like my prayers are being answered? How can I be thankful when I'm not feeling thankful? Here's the answer. You and I can be thankful to God whether or not we feel thankful because of one very important thing about our God. And it's the main point that I want you to take from this sermon. So listen up. God's love for you endures forever. God's love for you endures forever. That's why we can be thankful. The Hebrew word that we see in scriptures that is used to describe God's enduring love is chesed. So I want us to try and say it together because it's such a fun word. It's a little, there's a little guttural at the beginning. Don't make a mess on the back of the head of the person sitting in front of you, but let's all try it together. Here we go. Chesed. Very good. One more time. Chesed. I like it. Chesed means loving kindness. It means favor. It means mercy. All of those things mean love. And I want you to understand that it's not just like any old love, like, oh, I love your hair. I love chocolate cake. It's not that. It is an unending, 
unchanging covenantal love that has been promised, given to you, and that will never be taken away. That's the chesed, love of God. Friends, here's the deal. I can love your hair until it doesn't look good, and then I don't love it so much. You know what I mean? I can love chocolate cake until it gives me a bellyache, and then that's out the window. But that's not how God loves you and me, because God's love is covenantal. God has promised that he will love us always and in all ways, in every way and through every thing. And that is a beautiful thing. So raise your hand. Many of us are parents. How many, by a show of hands, stop loving your kids when they break curfew? No. How about... How about when they're sick? Do you stop loving your kids when they're sick and, and they're running you around? They're kind of a pain in the neck and they're asking you for a lot. Chicken soup and jello and all that. No. No. How about, show of hands, how many of us stop loving our kids when they think they know it all and they question our parenting skills? Oh, Johnson. Now put your hands down. Because <laughs> you know you do. You might want to smack them upside the head a little bit, but you don't stop loving them and in the same way god never stops loving you his child no matter what god's love for you endures forever god's love for you endures through all things god's love for you endures when you make bad choices and when you even walk away from him and god's love for you is enduring even when you can't feel his love god's love endures when we think we know better and we question god's parenting skills and his goodness for our lives god's love endures through all of it that's chesed and that is what sustains us in life it is that enduring love of god that carries us through. I promise you it is not the notion that we get everything we want every time we ask for it in prayer that carries us through. That ain't it. We live and move and breathe and find exactly what it is that we need in this world through the enduring, everlasting, unfailing love of God for you and me. And here's the truth. If there was no trouble or disappointment in our lives, how could there ever be gratitude for what's good? If everything was always pleasant, we wouldn't really understand what pleasant was. If there was no pain, we wouldn't understand relief, right? If we never saw or witnessed evil, how then could we know what good is? If life wasn't to one degree or another difficult, how then could you and I ever be thankful when the difficulties have been overcome? It's those times when we sometimes feel like our prayer isn't answered that we understand what it is that we have that is good. We would be, if we got everything we wanted, like spoiled little kids, right? Spoiled little kids who not only expected to get everything they wanted, but demanded it. 
And if we were spoiled kids who expected and demanded everything that we wanted from God, how then could we be thankful for God's great mercy and his great love for us and his grace when we act like we act, right? There's a song by a, um, a band that I love. It's um, called Cochran and Company. The song is called Grace. And here are the lyrics. I just want to share them with you because they really strike me. If there hadn't been a darkness, I would never know the light. I wouldn't long for sunrise if there hadn't been a night. If it wasn't for the breaking, I would never know the mend. I wouldn't know the sweetness of freedom if I didn't know my sin. And the song goes on to say that if there hadn't been some of the most horrible things in the world, a grave and a cross then I would still be lost. But because of those horrible things, my life and my future have been made beautiful. And so let's try and keep a focus. Sometimes, friends, it's only when our prayers are unanswered. It's only when we feel like things aren't quite perfect that we can appreciate the hand of God working in our lives for our good and the love that God has for us. You may notice that there was no scripture reading this morning. Did anybody pick up on that? Here we are keeping you on your toes. That's what we aim to do, keep you awake. So uh, we didn't have a scripture reading because um, there are 26 verses to the psalm that I have been uh, tasked with preaching today. And uh, I think it would be meaningless if somebody stood up there and read 27 verses, 26 verses, and then I just stood here and talked about it. So we're going to read this psalm. It's Psalm 136 as it was designed to be read. And it wasn't designed for somebody to stand up and spout off all of it. It was a call and response between the priest and the people of God. Okay, it's called sometimes the great Hallel. The great Hallel. Hallel means praise and thank you. And the people of Israel would say this prayer, this psalm, this great Hallel to Yahweh. Anybody know what? word we get when we say a great praise and thank you a great hallel to Yahweh hallel yah hallelujah hallelujah praise and thanksgiving to God who is good all right so let's start reading together maybe all right thank you I'm going to read um, the non-bold and your response I'm going to ask you all to be participatory in this is going to be in bold. So I'll say the first part, and then you're going to follow up. Here we go. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. Those lines remind you and me to give thanks to God for who God is. And who is God? He is the only one true God. Our God is steadfast. Our God is mighty. And our God is good. And we are to give thanks for that. The next few lines, they remind us to give thanks to God for his love for us from the beginning. To him alone who does great wonders. Who by his understanding made the heavens. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. Who made the great lights. The sun to govern the day. The moon and the stars to govern the night. 
You and I, friends, we worship the God who created all things and called them good. And let us not forget that this means that he is the God who created you and called you good. The God we worship is the one who knit you together in your mother's womb. The God who knew every single word of your tongue even before it left, who numbered the days of your very life and who will never leave nor forsake you. We hear these things in another psalm that's very familiar. This God that we give praise and thanksgiving to today is a God who said, I have plans for you, plans to give you hope and a future and not to harm you. You and I are praising and thanking a God who has hopes and who has dreams for your life. Who has promised that in all things he will work for the good of you because you love him and are called according to his purpose. Very familiar words from Romans 8, 28 about our God. Now sometimes, friends, the path that we follow does not line up with God's hopes and dreams and plans and desires for our lives. But you know what? His love, it endures forever. His love endures forever. When you and I go astray, when we choose wrongly, his love endures forever. Friends, do you know how amazing it is that the God who literally spun the universe into being sees you and is working all things for your good and loves you forever. How can we not give praise and thanksgiving for that? And the psalmist goes on and the people give praise and thanksgiving for God's hand upon them while they were in captivity. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt and brought Israel out from among them. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder. And brought Israel through the midst of it. But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. You know it does. When Israel was in captivity... When they needed to be delivered from Pharaoh who was oppressing them, God's hand was at work. The people of God were delivered by God from that which sought to steal the life from them. But now I want to talk to you about you and me. Because friends, so many of us are in captivity too. Think about it. We are held captive to habits. We're held captive to certain sins. Some of us are held captive to addiction. Many of us are captive to grief and despair, to loneliness and fear and to anxiety and depression. And many of us captive to the very thoughts that race around in our heads, tormenting us. And all of these things have one thing in common. And do you know what that is? It is that they seek to steal the life from us. And they're hard to get away from. And when we come up against them, we're captive and therefore we feel powerless against them. And often, 
when we're experiencing these things, we wonder if God is even aware of what we're dealing with. We wonder if God is hearing the prayers that I am sending one after the other up to him. And if you're hearing them, God, then why can't I feel you at work right now in my life? That's what it feels like when we're in captivity. But God is aware. God sees you and God hears your prayers. And whether you feel it or see it or understand it or not, your God is working all things together for your good. Why? Because his love for you endures forever. And sometimes it's hard to see that when you're in the middle of all of it. But that's what we got to remember. The most important thing about our God is what? His love endures forever. And because God's love for you is enduring and God's dreams for you are the best, God is working. I promise. I promise. You know, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. How many of us have looked back at our situations and seen the hand of God at work when in fact we had wondered if God was there in the midst of our captivity? I know I have. I've done it many times. Friends, God is with you when you struggle. God sees you when you're in captivity and his love endures forever and that is worthy. That is worthy of our praise and our thanksgiving. Let's continue on in that psalm. When the people of God were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, God was with them and God's hand was at work. And so they offered him praise and thanksgiving in the great hello. To him who led his people through the wilderness, let us give praise and thanksgiving to the God who sees us and who is with us even when we wander. When Israel was in the desert for all that time, the scriptures remind us that God went before them in a pillar of smoke by day and a pillar of fire by night. God was with God's people the whole time they were wandering. And it strikes me, friends, that the people of Israel witnessed mighty acts of God to deliver them from Egypt, right? They marveled at the parting of the Red Sea and they applauded as the enemy was washed in the waves of water that had been moved for Israel's crossing. And then even when God was right there in front of him, what did Israel do? They questioned his goodness in delivering them and they wished they were back in their old life rather than out here wandering in the wilderness. And remember, they started to worship a graven calf that they had built along the road. I wonder, I wonder how many of us have spent time wandering. We witness the great and miraculous things that God does in our lives only to question God's goodness when things aren't going according to our plan. And we find other small G gods to bow down before. We think we know better what's good for ourselves than God does and we walk our own path. And many times we get distracted by the things of this world to the point that we, like the people of Israel, fail to see the God who goes before us and alongside of us. Sometimes we wander because we're prideful. And sometimes we wander because we just don't want to admit that we need God in our lives. And sometimes we blame God for the things that have gone wrong, and that causes us to wander as well. But God's love for you and me endures forever, and his hand is at work in our lives even when we wander. God is with us, and God loves us, and that is praiseworthy too.
The psalmist continues with lines of praise and thanksgiving that God was at work when Israel was under attack. To him who struck down great kings and killed mighty kings, Shehan, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, and gave their land as an inheritance, an inheritance to his servant Israel. Every time, every time the people of God were attacked, every time someone or something came after them, God's hand was at work to protect them, to comfort them, to deliver them. And in spite of all those attacks, God gave Israel good things. God worked all things for their good. And so I ask you, what are the things that attack you? What are the things that seek to attack you and me? What comes after us? There are people, right? People come after us. I once had a boss who, like every day, came after me. And as I look back, I do see that God's hand was at work and his love carried me through. And it was all okay in the end, but... Um, how about temptation? Temptation comes after us like literally all day, every day, right? And sometimes it's hard to resist. Our emotions and our thoughts will sometimes come after us and cause us to question our God. Circumstances and poor choices that we make come after us. Illness. How many of us have been attacked by our own bodies? Or how many of us have had to sit by helplessly and watch our loved ones suffer? I promise you that God's love for you and God's love for them endures even through these things. And just like God gave an inheritance to Israel, there is an inheritance waiting to be given to you as well. Why? Because God's love for you endures forever. And the inheritance that we get then, that is promised to you and me then, is so much better than anything we could pray or ask for now. Let me take a second to come back to Carl's prayer that he felt was unanswered. You know, Carl prayed that his brother would get better. I prayed that Andre would get better, is what he said to me. And I know that by that he meant for Andre to be cured of cancer. And Andre was not cured. But I promise you, Andre did get better. You see, all his life, Andre loved the Lord and Andre served the Lord and the Lord loved Andre. And so when Andre's earthly body was failing so badly, as our bodies do, God received his beloved child into heaven and into the inheritance that he has promised to all those who love and trust him. Andre got better. He got so, so much better. God answered my husband's prayer and his love for him endures forever and it was a beautiful answer though not the one he expected let's wrap up this psalm he remembered us in our lowest state and freed us from our enemies he gives food to every creature friends there's nowhere you can go there's no depth to which you and I can sink. There is no circumstance we will ever endure, no attack we will ever fall under that the hand of God is not at work and upon us. He is the God who loves us with a beautiful, unfailing chesed love. And for that, how could we not be 
thankful. Give thanks to the God of heaven. Amen.